Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we are thrilled to talk with Julia Wicklander. She's the founder of Girls Globe. She's a mother of two, a wife, an economist, a social entrepreneur, and so many other things. She's joining us today from her home in Sweden, and we are excited to talk with her. Julia, welcome to the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you so much, Yodit, and thank you so much, Sharon. What an inspiration to be speaking to both of you today. Julia, it's exciting to be talking with you today. We know that in your formative years, you lived in Egypt, in Pakistan, and in India. That's impressive. Tell us a story that happened in one of those places that shaped your views of gender equality. Living in Egypt, um, we had a woman who uh, worked in our home who came and, and helped my mom with some household um, duties. And um, she knocked on our door one night. I think she had probably called my mom in advance, but I I don't know the details really. I, I think I was around five years old. Um, and she knocked on our door and she um, came in with this little baby infant who was newborn. Um, and she, it was a baby girl, um, and they had found her in, uh, the, yeah, the trash can in the dumpster outside of her home. Um, just sharing this brings me to tears. Um, I know that it has been such a profound memory and I've understood later the, you know, the, the gender barriers for, for girls and for women um, in a country like Egypt. What happened to that baby girl? So um, what I remember is that the woman did keep her. It was illegal at the time, and I'm not sure about the state of the situation today, but it was legal to adopt in Egypt. Um, so she kept the child and I think gave the child to her brother and his wife who had had trouble conceiving. It was a profound memory seeing my mom um, with this woman who didn't have any children of her own. And the men, my mom was, was trying to just, you know, help her out and say, you know, this is what the baby needs. So the baby, I as I believe she was raised in a, in a loving family, um, but that's as much as I know. As a mother of two now, how has that shaped the way that you view the world? Becoming a mother has been a crazy, a crazy journey. And I think um, one story that I've shared quite openly and that has been a very important part of healing for me um, has been sharing this, the story of my daughter's birth. 
um, because it was something that it, it wasn't very long. It was quite um, a, a quick delivery, but it was uh, a little bit traumatic. My daughter had um, a, a low heart rate and we needed, you know, help to get her out. And the umbilical cord was wrapped around her three times. And it was just a, a bit of a crazy experience. And I know knew that I felt very sort of present in the moment when it was happening but afterwards I've just and also during the time when I was having all of um, my very strong sort of contractions and just going through that process one of the only things I could think about was all of the stories I knew of women around the world who are giving birth without a midwife without you know professional um medical professionals by their side. And I just felt, you know, so incredibly privileged to know that I'm surviving, you know, I'm surviving now because I have all of this help, but there are so many who are not. That has been, you know, it just became even more personal for me, the work that we can do to support the change makers around the world who are really making a difference. When you started Girls Globe, you were blogging with a group of friends in Sweden, but now mm-hmm. Girls Globe is truly a global network. What is Girls Globe? Yes, thank you so much, Sharon, for asking that question. Um, it's So Girls Globe is today, of course, it has evolved so much uh, in the past few years. Today, Girls Globe is a global media organization that amplifies the voices of activists, advocates, and experts um, on gender equality, human rights, and social justice. It's pretty much made up of our online platform, girlsglobe.org, uh, where you can read stories and news um, and and opinion pieces on anything from from sexual reproductive health and rights to menstrual health, um, to mental health, uh, to uh, lifestyle and technology. Girls Globe has always from the start been a platform of solidarity uh, for the people who are making the change. So we really wanna amplify the voices of the people who are dedicating their lives and doing tremendous change on the ground because those are the people who will inspire us to take action. They will be the ones who can share how we can see our role in making change. And we also have a learning platform that we launched this year that um, gives courses to change makers. And our first course on our learning platform is Digital Storytelling for Impact. We have over 100 contributors and we are really expanding our community and in terms of the memberships that we have. So we have our writers and then we have uh, member organizations as well. And these member organizations are uh, both grassroots organizations, but also um, larger NGOs and international organizations that share news and um, inspirational stories on our platform as well. We did a survey this year and we realized that the vast majority of our audience define themselves as change makers. And those are the people who are coming to our platform to read the stories that um, we share. And our audience is truly global. So we have readers in every single country of the world. This year has, of course, been a challenge um, for Girls Globe with the pandemic. And we've uh, really found 
but it's been important for us to reflect on our organization and how we're truly bringing value to the members that we have and how we can really foster community even more. Um, so that's sort of what's, what's growing for Girls Globe at the, at the moment. What inspired you to begin Girls Globe and what was that journey like? When I um, finished my studies, I got a job at UNFPA, um, which was, you know, a dream organization for me to work with because they it's the UN agency that works with population issues and works, works with sexual and reproductive health and maternal health issues. Some of the, the, the things that I was truly the most passionate about. And I felt um, that that was my calling. I realized that the organization was um, not as I had expected. For me, I wanted things to go a little bit faster. And I think also I realized that my personality and and the gifts that I have are a lot more maybe related to working and serving those at the grassroots level who are, you know, doing a lot of change. Um, and I realized that there is a big gap between the United Nations and those who are working at the grassroots. Um, and I wanted to be a part of bridging that gap. Julia, in a recent Girls Globe newsletter, you wrote about experiencing a lot of stress-related symptoms last year. And given that stress-related symptoms are very much a part of many women's lives, will you tell us what that was like for you and how you dealt with it? I wanted to accomplish so much and I, I know that I have very high ambitions and dreams and uh, aspirations for, um, for Girls Globe, but also for myself and the work that I do. And I also knew that I wanted to be home with my children, um, but just balancing that and was really, really tough. You know, I was not taking care of myself in the way that I needed um, because I was just, everything was growing. The stress was growing, the, the feeling of not being enough anywhere in my life. So whether it was my, my job or my friends or my um, family and my children, I started to feel that, you know, pressure of, of not doing enough and not being enough. I realized that I would go into my co-working space, my office space, and I was just hoping people wouldn't talk to me because if they asked me how I was doing, I was going to burst into tears and I didn't want to do that in a public space. So then I just realized that this has gone too far. I called my children's nurse um, and just said, you know, I've been experiencing a lot of stress and I was crying on the phone um, with her and just saying that, you know, this is... Um, becoming too much for me to handle on my own. And I would really need someone to talk to. And so she put me in touch with a cognitive behavioral therapist. So I went to see her a few times at the end of last year. But I just realized that that first step of reaching out for help gave me a sense of calm and peace. Just saying out loud, I can't handle this on my own, was a relief and I just realized that, okay, I surrender. Like, this isn't something I can just handle on my own. I need some help now. And that gave me a sense of peace. Um, just seeing that self-care isn't just 
booking a time for yoga or doing a meditation. It's really about working through a lot of self-reflection of the, the lies that I tell myself. Um, so whether it is, you know, the lie that I'm not enough or the lie that I'm lazy, the lie that I've been telling myself about various different things, I realize at the end of last year, these things are lies and I need to get them out of my mind and you know, reframe my own narrative. So Julia, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? For me, I, I try to remind myself that I am constantly learning and that I can claim my power through learning, through loving, and through listening to other people and to be uplifting to others. Um, so if we can just try to, you know, shape our own mindset of how we see the world and how we encounter other people, that's when we can really claim our own power, which can inspire others to claim theirs. Julia, thank you so much for making the time to talk with us today. This conversation has been so inspiring. And to our listeners, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. I add my deepest thanks to you, Yodit, and to you, Julia, for generously sharing your experiences with us. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.